And welcome to the Dark Side of Soul podcast. Was that was that a good ghost impression? This is Joe. <laughs> we have this the. Sean. <laughs> it's like we have the ghost of Sean. This is Sean. Thank you for joining us today. You will be visited by three. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that would have been a good one. Yeah, like several weeks ago, <laughs> right around Christmas time. Yeah, we're a little late for that one. Mm. Mental note for next Christmas. So we are talking about ghosts this time. Uh, particularly some research Sean has been doing. This academic stuff. We're gonna we're gonna get all nerdy about ghosts today. Mm. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Yeah, I, I kind, of, kind of. Yeah, I avoid any kind of concept of academia <laughs> on myself. I avoid it. I reject that term. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yes, I've done I've done research recently so in we're, beliefs we're in modern much, modern beliefs much. in ghosts and career. We're really, we're kind of like the Ghostbusters at the beginning, mm. but they're more paranormal researchers. Yeah, we're both Winston, though. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite Ghostbuster. Yeah, they're all great. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, I did do some research, and it's fun stuff. We'll get to that in, in a bit later in the show, though. Mm. Well, we're going to ask everyone. You know, if you come to our uh, Facebook page at facebook.com slash dark side of soul. Uh, write in the comments or write in the comments under this episode. Do, do you believe in ghosts? But we're asking on this one, do Koreans believe in ghosts? We, we've, we've been asked this a few times. Now I talk about this on, on our tour a bit. Um, a lot about superstitions, um, stories of superstitions and, and ghosts. And I get asked that often, do Koreans believe in ghosts? And it's really difficult for me to answer that one because I don't think there really has been research done on that in recent times. I don't um, know. I just kind of did it on my own, put it all together, independent research. Um, but I, I, don't know yeah if there's been anything done at a higher academic level or government level no idea yeah the closest i've gotten is from uh dark side of souls patron saint robert neff (laughs) (laughs) where where he said the closest they found was was like uh he was asking a taxi driver about uh do koreans believe in ghosts and he said we had them until the electric light the electric light chased all the ghosts away. You might hear, uh, you might hear people in England and whatnot, places that are famous for ghosts. Ireland might say the same thing, mm. especially in the more rural or more uh, uh, urban areas. Think about it, though. Yeah, you're right. We we, yeah, we grew up. Us young people grew up with the electric lamp. <laughs> <laughs> yep. 
<laughs> my father, my father uh, didn't have electricity when he oh was a boy God. in the in the 40s. Okay. Yeah, in the early 50s in Newfoundland, he he would he had a lot of great stories where he would have to he and his twin brother, my uncle, would have to uh, run down and get oil for the lamp, or they wouldn't be able to do their homework that night. Well, we had electricity in Alabama. Yeah. Thank you to the Tennessee Valley Authority, the TVA. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I'm thinking about back then when there was an electric light and you did have flames, candles, gas lights, and such. Those would cast some eerie shadows every night. Your imagination could go wild if those, that was your light source every night. A lot of power suggestion in that kind of mood as well. Yeah. Which I think a lot of research... Try, tries to research that it tries to explain away ghosts they they suggest that power of suggestion is one of the key factors mm-hmm. i mean you right. tell ghost stories around a campfire right mm. exactly that's the whole point that's right and everything in front of you is bright but moving and everything around you is dark and still and and, whole, and the shadows are moving all the time Mm, right so anyway yeah it could be but then but you know but then there's plenty of stories of ghosts turning off lights right so, oh yeah i mean i got my story about the the fan we have that mm, yeah. on one episode yeah that's right yeah the, the, yeah turning turning making my my, my the, the remote i had a remote control fan and uh in the middle of the night I heard it turn off and I went to go turn it on and without even touching it, it turned back on and starts switching speeds automatically. <laughs> beep, 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 beep. <laughs> like, Oh, <laughs> it was like, it was like, it was, it's more like close encounters. <laughs> how do you want it, Joe? Yeah. That's kind of how it was, but it, it felt like they, that, that part in close encounters with the kids toys all came to life. <laughs> that's part of what mm. it's like. <laughs> and he falls him out the door. Yeah. Right. That's a great scene. Um, maybe see there you go. Maybe it was extraterrestrials. It wasn't maybe ghosts. It was yep. So anyway, ghosts, interesting stuff. Um, yeah, we get, get kind of that other stuff out of the way. I guess uh, the a lot of the research that, like I said, tries to explain it all away as being something more rational, things that uh, we we misidentify. Power of suggestion. Carbon monoxide is another big one. You're talking about uh, we're talking about lamps and stuff. Ah. I'm not sure if any, any certain lamps would have gave off a certain amount of carbon monoxide, but responses physical, physical and um, mental responses to carbon monoxide can be similar to what people describe as ghost experiences. It's hmm. another one. So, um, also um, drafts. Having a drafty house. Ah, true. Yeah. Um, creates cold spots and mold. Mold. Yeah. Toxic mold. Oh, our, our, our responses to breathing in toxic mold uh, are akin to a lot of what are claimed to be ghostly experiences. Hmm. So, yeah. Interesting. But they can't, can't explain all of it away because those could be individual experiences that are repeated like a cold spot in the same place throughout the house. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. very likely you can f- just 
find that, that it's a draft. Uh, if you have mold, then you can explain it as being mold, clean the mold, and then see if you still have the experiences. It's pretty easy to, to determine. And it, like a moldy house or mold being an explanation, mm-hmm. it, it, you know, it makes you, it makes you wonder, it's like, oh, well, hmm, a lot of old haunted houses are mold, very probably moldy, mm-hmm. you know, dilapidated old homes that definitely have mold all through the, the woodwork and whatnot. But anyway, that's, those are just some of the explanations that, that um, uh, scientists or researchers have for ghosts and supernatural experiences. But that's not what we're talking about. So, yeah, do Koreans believe in ghosts? And it's kind of a focus, but we're going to talk a little bit more more broadly about ghosts. And I'll, like I said, I'll get to the results of my research a bit later. I want to start with a few quotes about ghosts, about the nature of ghosts, or, or the, the supernature, I guess would be better. Supernature. Supernature. The supernature of ghosts. Yeah. And um, these are kind of explanations, what people have quotes trying to explain what ghosts are. So I'm just going to read a few of them that, that are the favorites from, from my, my library of ghost stories and lore and stuff like that. I'll start with, with one here. It says, however exemplary a person he or she may have been in life, after death, the ghost is little less than a plaguing, spiteful spirit. That's from S. Baring Gould or Sabine Baring Gould. Mm-hmm. Uh, in his book, Curiosities of Olden Times. Um, so, yeah, he he suggests that ghosts are nothing else but plaguing and spiteful. That's all they are. So it's an inter- interesting take. Another one. What a thing it is to be a ghost, cowering and shivering in an altered world, a prey to apprehension and despair. Mm-hmm. And that's by Ambrose Bierce in his book, Can Such Things Be? I think that's interesting. Uh, he, he's suggesting that um, if ghosts exist, their existence is inherently filled with apprehension and despair. It's miserable. awful. They're, they're victims. Right, right. Just terrible. So, And that kind of falls in line with the Korean view of ghosts or a lot of the Korean views of ghosts. And we'll get to that a little bit later as well. Another one. This one's a bit longer. Altogether, one quite degrees, having duly perused the collection of evidence on the subject with the wisdom of these modern ghost experts, when they affirm that you can always tell a genuine ghost story by the circumstances of its being about a nobody. It's having no point or picturesqueness and being, generally speaking, flat stale and unprofitable a genuine ghost story (laughs) nothing to gain if people have nothing to gain by talking about their experiences he says that is a genuine ghost story and that's by vernon lee in his book hauntings and one more i have been frequently asked do you believe in ghosts one can only answer how do you define a ghost and that's by Andrew Lang in his book, mm-hmm. The Book of Dreams and Ghosts. So there you go, Joe. Mm. Define how do you define a ghost? 
how do I define a ghost? Hmm. You know, I've, I've, my definitions changed over the years. Um, yeah. Now I'd say, I mean, and I kind of want to say it's an imprint of a living being. Uh, uh, I, or you can just say it's, it's a wandering soul. Uh, for a while, I had an Anne Rice concept. I was influenced by an Anne Rice book. <laughs> Can you believe that? And then uh, way back in the nineties, uh, there's a one of her books she did was Servant of the Bones, mm-hmm. and there's a concept of an afterlife in there that was kind of interesting. Is that if you if you didn't have a meaningful life your your spirit would just dissolve after death it's only if you had like really strong if you did like good things in your life and uh you just you just put a lot of meaning into it you would your your soul would survive death it was it was, it was an interesting concept um but actually serving of the bones was about a gypsy a genie i think yeah <laughs> there's a quote which there's a quote i think it's saint augustine and which is interesting because I, I I'm going to talk about him a bit later. But you're reminding me of a quote, and I think it's him that says the key to immortality is first living a life worth remembering. That is true. That is true. But of course, he's not talking about being a ghost. <laughs> but <laughs> no. And Saint Augustine rejected the concept of ghosts, which is why I bring up, I'll bring him up later. Um, but uh, you just. But I, me I think I think echoes of that old belief uh, of that old influence still go with me because i ever since then i've tried to um do things that touch a lot with my moral code is doing things that will Mm. help me my own personal spirit more Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay okay um yeah i think it's really hard i don't think it's really easy to define a ghost concretely (laughs) uh because Mm. um the the, you know, there are a few key similarities of ghosts across cultures and, and um, lore, but the definitions highly depend on the cultural definitions. I think it's so. I think it's difficult to really. We we could say, and another, there's other key factors involved, um, but but our cultural ideas get in the way. Hmm. Um. And then our cultural ideas and how we would define a ghost wouldn't work in another culture. So an example is uh, some time ago, months ago, months and months ago, maybe even over a year ago, I posted on the Dark Side of Soul Facebook page something, I don't remember, it may have been a, a just a post in general about how Koreans hold rituals, funerary rituals, uh, sorry, post-funerary rituals uh, to appease the ghosts uh, um, of, of, the, of their ancestors, especially, but ghosts generally. Mm-hmm. And how if they don't do that, the ghosts can become um, upset, malevolent, and could become a, a problem. So you have, to, you have to appease them at the proper time. So we've talked about this a few times already. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the, these these rites and rituals that Koreans have been performing for for general well for for a very very long time, and someone came on there and commented, a non-Korean uh, I think I I think she was a Westerner, 
claimed to be clairvoyant, believed in ghosts then, obviously. And she said, that's nonsense. He's like, she, she was saying that humans have no, inherently have no way of appeasing the dead. The dead are unconcerned with our methods of appeasement. So she was, so her cultural concept of ghosts or her, or her experiences with what she believed to be ghosts Mm-hmm. went against the tr- the Korean tradition. So her definition may not fall in line with the definitions that Koreans would have, especially in a folkloric way. So that, that, that causes the problem of defining what ghosts are. So oh, we have a ghost in our Facebook messenger. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. We can define her. Yeah. yeah. She's an, she's an algorithm. She's an <laughs> algorithm ghost. <laughs> So she's a um, mischievous algorithm ghost. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, so, so I think it's important to, to differentiate to what we mean when we say ghosts, do we mean ghost lore or do we mean ghost stories? They're not the same thing. They're quite different. Ghost lore is the manifestation of belief in ghosts and it's dependent on culture and environment tradition. That's our lore. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were used at various times in, in the past as explanations for things that humans couldn't define. And for, in a lot of ways, they prob- they may have also helped people solidify for people the belief in an afterlife that you can meet your loved ones again. Mm-hmm. I think that's a key, key facet to, to ghosts as well, or the belief in ghosts. But ghost stories are morality tales their social commentary um or they're just entertainment so you talk about campfire tales there's just mm-hmm. entertainment um we like being scared there's been lots of research yes. pointing out that humans love being scared and um it all depends on the amount of dopamine that we get when we hear scary stories some of us get a lot so we get off on on ghost stories and horror <laughs> movies so and some of us don't and that's that could be the explanation why a lot of people really dislike being like scary movies. But generally, everyone likes a good ghost story. Some people just like them scarier than others. Mm. So I think that's a key thing. That's why we get all these people on the tour. And some people, I don't know, I can see. Do, do you notice this too? Mm. I get some people on the tour and some people are often genuinely frightened. They're scared. They're looking you, over their shoulder. You and, tend to get that more than I do. And I think it must be the, what your, your delivery. <laughs> well, no, I don't know. I, I, maybe I go through kind of darker areas generally. Mm. I knew you, cause your tour has been kind of corrupted by gentrification. <laughs> yes, it has. <laughs> in some parts. Um, it's, it's brightened up a little bit, but the, the mood, I think going back to what you talk about, like the campfire, I think generally the, the mood definitely helps. And a lot of people are just more easier to manipulate, mm. but they're the ones who enjoy it the most. Mm, that is true. Probably. Yeah. Probably. So. Um, yeah. It's only in the extended edition. I think at the end of the extended edition, do I get the freak people that get freaked out? Not oh, during the other parts. Yeah. Well, no, I'm sure people freak out. I've been either. I don't want to 
give any spoilers. We want people on the tour huh. to, to, to not be surprised when they come on the tour or to be surprised when they come on the tour. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, no, there's a certain point when I've come on the tour with you, like to take video and photos that we use for promotion. Um, I see people kind of looking, they'll look over their shoulder a little bit. When oh, we really? Get to a, certain, a certain area. Yeah. I'll tell you oh. after the show where I've noticed it. Okay. Um, after we finish recording. Um, but anyway, as, as a, but anyway, back to the idea of defining ghosts, I think folkloric in a folkloric sense, speaking of folklore, like you were just saying, ghosts are tragic. They're tragic figures. They're not supposed to be here. If yeah. they exist, they're not supposed to exist. Say for like, there's a few, you know, there's plenty of stories of helpful ghosts and, in, in cheerful ghosts. And I talked about one a little while ago, uh, a few episodes ago where a couple of Irish clairvoyants. So there's a, a happy ghost who appears at certain points on my tour. So um, I don't remember which episode that was in. It wasn't that long ago. And then I, I brought that up, but yeah, the, they're um, so minus those few instances of, alleged happy ghosts they're tragic i think they the people they've died tragically uh and in the in the korean sense they're not being appeased properly so they remain tragic the tragedy the tragedy of their death is perpetuated in their mm. afterlife and they're not appeased and so in the the ideas that koreans have held culturally for a very long time this continually makes the ghosts tragic and there are other rituals, especially shamanic ones that are designed to kind of push ghosts back. They're exorcisms, right? So, right. and we have, a, we have a whole, we have a whole episode, two-parter, <laughs> right? On, on exorcisms. Yes, we so, do. Two-parter. Yeah. So, but I think the ghosts can be the results of living poorly or tragically or dying tragically within the norms of culture. Mm, yeah. Dying before it's time or dying and not being aware that yeah. he died. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. Right. But I think ultimately, yeah, it, it's just, it's hard. They're not easy to define. You you'll get, you'll get a, a dictionary definition, the incorporeal manifestation of a dead person. Maybe that could be a mm-hmm. dic- dictionary definition, but there's more to it than that. And I don't think it's easy. I think this is basically, basically the point I'm trying to make is that it's, mm-hmm. it's not, it's not, not easy to, to follow and to, to define. We'll return to the podcast after this message. Get our comic book, The Dark Side of Soul, Weird Tales from Korean Lore at our website, darksideofsoul.com or get it at Comixology. If you're in Seoul, visit the Dice Latte near Huegi Station to get your copy. Written by me and drawn by Tim Bauer, it's 50 pages of folkloric dread. And now, back to the show. Um, but what's consistently interesting to me is how ghosts are similar throughout cultures around the world different folk beliefs. So ghosts are ubiquitous. They're in just about every culture, every folklore, every folk tradition, every 
uh, every every collection of folk tales will have a ghost, at least one. Mm-hmm. I think I think you can't pick up a, a book of folk tales, not folklore, just folk tales, without finding one that talks about a ghost of some sort. Mm-hmm. I'm certain it'd be very very difficult to find one, and I think uh, any folklorist or storyteller who writes a book like that is purposely leaving them out (laughs) (laughs) because they exist. They're everywhere. So, um, so much to the point where ghosts have really permeated uh, ways of life, the way people live. So, so a few examples, I think one that's always kind of been interesting to me is that in Germanic folklore, Germanic, so German and, and also uh, a lot of Western Europe, so England as well. If a baby is born on a Thursday, they could not be baptized on a Sunday. Hmm. And the other way, and the other way around. Born on a Sunday, they cannot be baptized on a Thursday. If this was done, if you did bapt if a child was born on a Thursday and they were baptized then on a Sunday, mm-hmm. that child would then be cursed with the sight of ghosts. They'd see ghosts during their whole their whole life as oh. they grew up. They'd see ghosts. You'd, be, you'd curse them with the ability to see the dead. Ah. So it would be avoided. So if someone was born on a Thursday, they would not be baptized that Sunday in church. Hmm. Um, and similarly, again, like the, the similarity of folk beliefs and folk tales. Uh, in Korean lore, but also in European lore, it's said that everyone's time of death is predetermined. And I did talk about this in our mm. death episode. Yes. Uh, so everyone, if you want to hear that, if you haven't heard our episode about death, go back and have a listen. We talk uh, quite a bit about how there's a story, how Koreans explain why people die maybe too young and they have a, a folkloric explanation for it. So in Europe as well, European lore, they had this idea. So, um, those who committed suicide, for example, were charged to walk the earth as grieving ghosts until the time of their appointed death arrived. And then they could pass on. Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. So the, the, the idea though, is that the existence was awful. So you committed suicide when you were 20 you were predetermined to live until you were 85 you have a long time to live in this grieving terrible state Mm. so um yeah yeah just go ahead that means you wouldn't have many ghosts like from a few centuries before exactly but you know it 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 all depends on how the lore is told and where it's told and things like that Mm. so so, um, but then lore, some other concept of lore may step in and say something's different. No, no, this certain thing allows them to stay longer. So it all gets kind of complicated when you're determining what these tales mean. Mm-hmm. They shift. There, there are no rules. I think that's something to remember. Often there are no rules in folk tales. Um, but again, like I just said, so ghost lore disseminates across cultures Mm -hmm. and folklore does itself. Cinderella is probably the most famous uh, disseminated 
folktale across cultures. You can find it in cultures around the world. Egypt, China, uh, Korea has its version. Uh, and most people today know the Disney version, but it existed yeah. long, long before Disney. So, um, so in ghost tales do as well. They disseminate and they have counterparts in ghost lore and beliefs from other cultures. So for uh, a main one that I think is really interesting uh, are haunted wells. So Korea has plenty of stories of haunted wells and I share a couple of them uh, or well, at least one on the tour, mm-hmm. my tour. And uh, these are similar to tales of haunted wells in Japan. The tale of Okiku is a key one, which is heard the ghost in the well. She influenced uh, some Japanese horror films, a famous one where a certain ghost comes up out of the well and through your television screen. But Joe, there's one that I heard from you. Yeah. um, Several years ago. Yeah. It was um, a TV show. This is told by um, a TV celebrity. I said he was doing a TV segment at a at a village, and the villagers claimed there was a well, and there's a voice in the well uh, that convinces people to jump in, um, and uh, they they the TV crew went down there to do the segment, and they interviewed the villagers, and they might have done some reenactments, uh, but uh, right right around sunset, they. Uh, the, the director was off, like, I think he was in the bathroom or something. And uh, the, the the TV crew was, uh, they were right they were near the side of the well, and the TV crew was setting up for the final shot. And uh, he, was going to, he was just going to do the, the final closing part, like, right next to the well. And uh, the, the celebrity's uh, phone rang, and it was the director, and he said, I got an idea for uh, one more scene. This for that final scene, let's do that final scene inside the well. And the celebrity says, no, I don't, th- I don't think that's such a good idea. And the director says, Oh, come on. I think, I think that'd be look really cool. Tell the camera crew, we're going to do this from inside the well. And the says, uh, I don't think that's so safe. And the director says, Oh, come on. It'd be perfectly safe. We'll just get you in. We'll get you out. We'll wrap up. We'll have uh some Gipsal and soju. And the community said, uh, uh, the, the celebrity said, I- I'm not going to do that hung up the phone. Um, so they end up doing the scene from outside the well uh, and closed. They, they wrapped up and they went out for some Gipsal and Soju afterward and they're getting a little tipsy. Uh, the, the celebrity went up to the director and said, okay, tell me the truth. Why did you really want me to do that scene from inside the well? And the director said, um, who told you to do that? And there we go. Boom. 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 Yeah. I looked into that after sometime after you, you told me, yeah. And that was on a, the TV show. Now I can't remember what it was. It was Saturday night mysteries or something like that. A Korean uh-huh. show back in the early, back, you know, anyway, quite some time. I don't think it's on TV anymore. Saturday. Toy you will mystery. Wow. That sounds like a great show. We should do a podcast called that. Saturday mysteries. Saturday night mysteries. Saturday night mysteries. That'll be our that'll be our brand our spin-off show. That'll spin-off. be our video show. Right. There you go. We'll stand there like Jonathan Frakes introducing. Right. right. Introducing mysteries. Uh yeah, in I in some of my 
my discussions and, and readings and whatnot, I've been able to find the idea of haunted wells across the world. And uh, I had someone on the tour, a couple of um, women on the tour from, um, I think they were from, they were from England, but their family is from Ghana. Mm -hmm. And uh, like their parents immigrated to England and then the, the, the women on the tour were born in England, mm -hmm. but they had been to Ghana a lot. And uh, when I talked about some Korean folklore surrounding wells and ghost stories surrounding wells, like ghosts and wells calling out your name and things like that. Um, they said Ghana has the exact same thing. They grew huh. up being told stories like that. So, and they could be, Tales like that can be determined to be, or can be said to be uh, cautionary tales. Kids get kids to stay away from wells so they don't fall in, right? Yeah. So, but anyway, you don't know. Um, some other ones, uh, some uh, kind of like larger motifs of folk tales that I've, that can be observed around the world, but I've heard versions of in Korea. Uh, one is the, uh, the sleeping army. So these are ghosts of soldiers or warriors of some sort yeah. who are killed in combat and they haunt where they, where they died on the battlefield. And um, yeah, I have an acquaintance who, and I think I sent this on the, the mountains episode. Uh, he, he was camping out somewhere along the Bektu Degan, the main mountain range in, in Korea. And, uh, he right around dawn he felt like somebody kicked him like stepped over him and brushed their their leg along the top of his his legs and it woke him up and he looked around there's no one there and he said that's a military thing to do and he had military experience he's from new zealand but he had military experience in in africa i think it was yeah and uh he he never said it was a ghost but he he said it was very strange he definitely felt somebody there it's a military thing and chances are military. Like we say, you know, they say Korea's Korea's soil is, is stained with blood and it's very difficult to walk anywhere in Korea where either right. somebody died or, or not far away. Somebody died. Right. And tragically, because, right. And a lot of that's because of the war. And so, um, but related to that, also the, the idea of the sleeping army, the ghosts of dead soldiers in Vietnam, there's a village called Ha Mai and the locals there are adamant that there are several military ghosts and civilian ghosts who died in the Vietnam war. Mm -hmm. uh, like they say, there's a couple of uh, perpetually hungry American soldier ghosts who are always uh, they're, they're crying and begging for food and then they disappear. Hmm. And um, there's children and the mothers who were killed and they, they wander the, the area of the hills and the, the village and whatnot. But they also say that there's the ghost of a Korean soldier and some, just some quick history background in February, February, 1968, February 25th, 1968, the Korean forces went into Hamai and they killed 135 unarmed villagers. Oh my. 
And this was a month before the My Lai massacre, mm. which, the, which Korea also had a hand in. Mm. Uh, so they say the soldier is in the area and he continually haunts the area. He looks distraught, lost. And the villagers still to this day make offerings of incense and flowers to him. Hmm. So that could be an example of the sleeping army motif and a Korean ghost in Vietnam. Um, so generally, yeah, you know, in Korean lore anyway, ghosts are pretty much always viewed as tragic or sympathetic um, like someone who died tragically while traveling, for example, that's the Gekui, the Gekui mm -hmm. ghost, the, the, the wayfaring ghost. Um, they have, like I said, hasn't had a proper burial or regular rites, the posthumous rites. And because of this, because they're tragic and sympathetic, they can cause harm. Uh, they can cause misfortune, disease, and they need to be exercised. So, so those are the Gekui well, the Gekui are the traveling ghosts. They're not always like that. There's the traveling also the ghosts. Yeah, there's also the Sagui and the Sagui. So are did, the, they didn't get them. They didn't get lower rates on car insurance. They did not. The Gekui. <laughs> no, no, they did not. It just sounds so much like Geico. It's just Geico. Like the, the, the Gekui. <laughs> right. No, that's not what it is. <laughs> oh, okay. But the there's you know but but yeah so these they they can become uh, problematic, malevolent, especially they can be vicious. And hostile, like the like the Sagui, and um, that's pretty much how they're defined in Korean Korean ghost lore. Ghosts are generally never a happy experience or a, a happy entity. They're always tragic and sympathetic. Hmm. So, so Disney's haunted mansion would not work here. It would not work. No grin grinning ghost, grim grinning ghost. Nope. <laughs> I think that's one reason people generally view ghosts as being frightening. That's the whole point. Yeah. Um, that's why Casper is, is so, is so charming because he's the friendly ghost. He's the friendly right? ghost. He, All the other breaks ghosts the are norm. scaring. Yeah, that's right. That's right. He's a nonconformist, right? Casper yeah. is a story. Casper is a story of nonconformity. That is true. <laughs> that is true. So anyway, um, now, what about some personal ghost experiences? Really, um, all my personal experiences of over the years, I've gone back and said, "Nah, nah, those weren't." Uh, now, the family is um, my great great grandparents are mentioned in the 13 Alabama ghost and Jeffrey. Oh, you told, yeah, I think you mentioned the show before you told me oh, before did? anyway. Hey, yeah. the uh, mobiles pipe smoking sea captain. That's my family in that one. And yeah, it's just, that's exactly what it is. It's a pipe smoking sea captain in mobile. Okay. That's it. But other than that, nah, I used to think that there was a, uh, there was like an electrical cold field in my childhood closet. <laughs> you know? Uh, 
a but that's because I wanted it to happen. I was watching Poltergeist a lot in those days. I was going to say that's that's like that's like Poltergeist or uh, what's the movie called? Not Magic. That's the uh, similar. It's got a dummy in it, a ventriloquist dummy. But Magic is the movie with. uh, Anthony Hopkins. Uh, uh, eventually, uh, 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 no, don't know that one. Anyway, but anyway, anyway yeah, anyway. It's just little things. A lot of things that I think I I thought I saw. Um, because I was just talking to my daughter about that today because we we're hiking on the mountain, and I'm like, you, you, how she's not had a childhood where she's explored spooky woods off of mm. untrodden trails. I mean, every trail here has been trodden many times and has a coke machine at the end (laughs) uh that we used to just bike around in these woods all the time and sometimes we'd go at night and that was spooky that was great though i love that but yeah back then but that that i was in the 80s and we thought we saw devil worshipers (laughs) you were satanic panic yeah yeah yeah, the South during the '80s, the Satanic Panic. So right, right. Everything was about devil worshippers. Yeah, we used to walk through graveyards all the time, all the time. I yeah, think I mentioned have it. graveyards <laughs> near us. Yeah, yeah, we had lots and lots. I'm pretty sure I mentioned before, maybe in our episode about graves, uh, how, how uh, my cousin and I in an area in Newfoundland called Bristol's Hope, and specifically a place called Mosquito Point. Mm-hmm. We found old graves up in the woods and they still, they had uh, skulls carved into them. Ooh. Old, old grave, graves. I, and they, the person died in like the early, early 1800s, like 1801 or something. So the person lived in the 18th century. It was amazing to us. Wow. That the grave was right. It was just there. Some old family grave that was, uh, it was still manicured. So hmm. people hadn't forgotten about it. I don't remember what the oldest grave of the most recent grave was, but and one of these times though, there's graves, like I said too, like there's graves all around my area. Um, come over some, some evening when the sun's, when the sun sets, we'll, we'll go for a little walk around the, the graves around my place. It'd be fun. Ooh, all right. <laughs> and maybe we can record an episode there. That'd be cool. Yeah. An outdoor episode there. Anyway. Um, yeah. My father, um, my father grew up allegedly in a, in a haunted house. And this is a story that's just kind of attached to my family. And it's been published as well. Um, I can't remember the name of the book. I haven't read the book that it's in. My uncle has it. My, my, uh, my brother has it. And uh, it was written by a folklorist in, in St. John's Newfoundland named Dale Jarvis. And it took place in the early, I want to say the early 50s, maybe around 53, 1953, yeah. in a place called Dunville in Placentia Bay, Newfoundland. And mm-hmm. yeah, there was a woman, Mrs. Barnes, who died in the home, which was the case back in those days. People often died in their homes. They had the wake in their homes. The funeral was in their homes. Uh, and my grandfather got a job in the area and so he rented this house and family moved in and pretty quickly they noticed a lot of strange things happening uh things would be they'd wake up in the morning and things would be tossed around the kitchen mostly in the kitchen uh-huh and uh 
uh, like the wood for the wood stove be thrown across the floor uh, soil as well just soil like from the the um, the cellar was was under the kitchen and that's where you go to because it would that's where you kept your vegetables and everything right so um, and one morning they got up and there was soil all over the floor my grandmother thought my grandmother got up early like 5 or 5 30 to make bread and she thought that my father and his twin brother, my uncle did it. So they, they, you know, they got in trouble. They got spanked and whatever 1950s parental justice. And, uh, and they, they were adamant. It's like, we didn't do it. And it happened again a couple of times. And, and they're like, my grandparents thought, okay, well, they got in trouble. They weren't going to do it again because we, they got, they got spanked pretty hard. So I don't think they're sadistic. (laughs) <laughs> they not sadistic was the word to look for um you enjoy pain what is it oh masochistic Mas- I mean, they're not ma- they're not masochists <laughs> they're uh yeah they're not enjoying being spanked so um so they this figure maybe somebody was getting into the house some way i don't know never found anyone different things happened um they heard uh, footsteps through the door uh, through their hallway uh one night my father and his brother were in their bed. They shared a bed back in those days, you know, a big double bed and the door to their bedroom. They heard footsteps outside the door to the bedroom. The footsteps stopped in front of the door to the bedroom. Then the knob turned and the door opened. Oh, just a, just a crack as if someone was going to peek, was going to peek in. And they looked up, they looked up expecting to see their, their mom or their, or their, or their dad. And no one was there. And then the door didn't close. And then the next they were like, oh, whatever. And they went to sleep. They woke up the next day and they asked their parents, like, why did you come and peek in the room last night? And they said, we didn't peek in the room. What are you talking about? So that happened a couple of times. And a couple of times the door closed after opening. Uh, come to the, the more frightening things. Uh Someone was staying over. There was a family, if, if I'm remembering right, I want to get the details who these people were. They were at the house and they were sleeping up in the attic. And um, they were like neighbor kids or something. And the, it was a brother and a sister. They were sleeping in the same bed, a big double bed up in the attic. And the brother had just gotten a haircut. About, so it's the 1950s and everyone would get a buzz cut, right? So... And you know when you get a buzz cut, really tight, tight to your to your scalp, yeah. it feels really good. You remember, like I, my hair, my hair's kind of grown out a little bit, but I, you know, my head is shaved. When I shave my head, my daughter and the hair grows in just a little bit. My daughter loves rubbing my head. It feels great. It feels great. Yeah. So it's just something strange. It just feels good. So she was lying down. Her brother was lying next to her, of course, and he was turned over on his side. And she was on her side rubbing the back of his head. Yeah. And she suddenly heard an old woman scream at her to go to sleep. And they both jumped out of jumped up out of the bed. There was no one in there. They were in that in the attic. They're the only two sleeping in the room. They ran downstairs. My grandfather ran up with a gun, with a shotgun. No one was up there. And uh, when all this was kind of done, they kind of assumed when they were talking about this later that it was the ghost of mrs barons the woman who lived in the house previously so 
a lot of other details around the house. What, what I might do is I'll put it all together in kind of a series and I'll release it on, um, on letters from the dead. My, uh, my series that's on, on Patreon. And so anyway, yeah. Um, so let's get to, get to some of these numbers and the research, the numbers that I crunch and I hate crunching numbers, Joe. So this took me quite yeah. a bit of time. This took me quite a bit of time to get the percentages and whatnot um, of different things. Now I did I used uh, Google Google Forms for you know that gives you gives you uh, percentages directly from the questions, but I wanted to you know get a, a comparative data and things like that, and a lot of that's a little bit more complicated. So so, what, so what was your sample size? Sample size was about four hundred people. Small. Wow small independent research, right? That's not that big, right? For but one person doing, you, you don't have any backing. You're just doing it. And yeah, you, doing you're it. getting Koreans to answer your, mm-hmm. yes. your, 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 your survey was in Korean. Yes. Yep. I arranged it in Korean, had it all sent and I contacted people I know and asked them to share it with their friends, Koreans only. And they said, sure, no problem. And, um, and yeah, 400 sample size is pretty good. Um, I think, you know, ideally the more, the larger your sample size, the better, but 400 is not bad, especially for small independent research for you know, one guy doing it. So, um, so the, uh, the, the numbers now, I'm not going to read out all the questions that were on the survey, just some of the key ones for now. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll give the breakdown. So, Question one was simple. Do you believe in ghosts? Do you believe the way in Korean, if I were to, if I were to uh, translate it more directly, it would be, uh, do you believe ghosts exist? So that's how I phrased it uh, in Korean. And um, yeah, I know you can, you I've shared those with you already, the numbers, but uh I'm interested in what you think about those numbers because we didn't talk about your your your. Oh, my you opinion thought. about the numbers. Yeah, so I'll read them first. I'm just, I, I, I wish you didn't know. So it's like, do you? What would you guess? And so I'd like to know what people would guess the numbers would be. But alas, anyway. So do you believe ghosts exist? Yes, was the top answer. Thirty-eight point one percent, about thirty-eight percent of respondents said, yes, they believe ghosts exist. Mm-hmm. Uh, 26.4% said no. Mm. And 35.5% said they were unsure or they don't know. Yeah. I thought the yes would be higher. I thought the no would be higher. I thought the no and the yes would be reversed. That was my, that was my hypothesis on it. Hmm. I thought it was going to be reversed. But uh, no, no, thirty-eight point one percent. But you thought it was why? Why did you think the numbers were? Going to be I guess it's just that? personal experience, personal anecdotes, and mm. um, I don't know. I th- I think it's really just from my from just honestly from my wife. <laughs> and, and I know okay. I make <laughs> I make the logical fallacy of having my wife represent most of Korean culture. Uh, <laughs> But then again, you know, I've figured out it's like, especially when it comes to food, if she likes a certain food, you can pretty much 
count that the Korean, the general Korean palate likes that food. So uh, yeah, the way she has acted about the ghost in our house. Mm, oh, right. I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, and, and she comes across, she says she's not superstitious. She says she's a down to earth, logical person. And then I'm like, she wants me to throw away some items in the house because uh, that that's bringing the ghost, right? The ghost of clutter. Yeah. You have the clutter demon. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. And she, anyway. she does actually talk about the ghost in the house as if it is a real thing. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, okay, maybe she's a, she's, she's a very typical person. And I thought, well, maybe if she's so passionately this way, maybe more people would be that way too. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I was, I was guessing it, the no was going to be a lot higher. I, I'm actually surprised how far apart they are. They're, they're 38.1% for yes. And 26.4% for no. Mm. I'm really surprised that they're that far apart. Yeah. That that's, you know, that's just kind of, it's kind of uh, stunning to me really. But anyway, that that, that was that was the result. Hmm. Um, second question: Have you ever seen a ghost? Now, this is of respondents who believe in ghosts. Uh, no, was the top answer. Uh huh. Not not surprisingly, uh, but it is lower than what I thought it was going to be. It's eighty-seven point five percent. I thought it was going to break ninety percent. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I did think so. I did so think over it. over one in ten. Yes. Yeah. Of people who believe in ghosts have seen ghosts. Yeah, twelve point five percent of respondents. Quite high. Mm. So and I've gathered the email from all those people and I'm gonna interview them uh eventually. Mm. And uh now, a couple of them didn't agree to interview, so I will, I'll be contacting the ones who agreed to an interview. That was one of the questions as well. Okay. If you have, if if your answer was yes, you've seen a ghost, would you be willing to do an interview? Yeah. And leave your email if so, and I'll contact you. So some people said no, but most people did say yes. So some more stories that I can gather for the book that we're we're going to put together: modern ghost experiences in Korea. Okay. Uh, I'm looking third forward question. to that. Mm-hmm. Third question. Do you believe in an afterlife? And that's with all respondents, right? Yes. Yes. Um, so now th- this kind of surprised me a little bit, especially when you do the comparative data yeah. afterwards. And I'll get into that in a, in, a, in a second. So do you believe in an afterlife? Now I didn't specify a Christian afterlife, a, a Buddhist afterlife. I just said an afterlife. And the, um, the Korean word that I used in the survey is sahusege. And that just literally means afterlife or it means more like after, a place of after you go after death, mm-hmm. a land where you go after death. So that was the word that was the word I used. And it's a very general, general term. Uh, the top answer was yes. 38.1% of people believe in an afterlife the same amount as the people who believe in ghosts that's right very interesting uh 
Second answer was no, 28.3%. And unsure, don't know, 33.6%. So very similar, right? All the numbers are very almost identical for you, identical for yes, but similar for the other two. Very, very close. Mm-hmm. So this is this is kind of in line with the the general idea that having a belief in something else that's supernatural can can confirm that someone believes in ghosts. Mm-hmm. So you can ask someone, do you believe you can almost be guaranteed? It depends on what you're talking about. But if you, if someone says they believe in vampires, chances are they believe in ghosts, right? Because Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? So, yeah. But you, it doesn't always work the other way. If you say, do you believe in ghosts? Do you believe in vampires? People go, no, that's ridiculous. <laughs> you know? So um, they, they don't always go the other way. But generally, when you use the term afterlife, people generally people who believe in the afterlife do believe in ghosts. Mm-hmm. Um, so now when the numbers break down, I, this is where I think they become a little bit in, quite interesting. Uh, I just said a little bit quite interesting. They become quite interesting. So of those who believe in ghosts of that 38.1% of those who believe in an afterlife, uh, of those who believe in ghosts, 66% believe in an afterlife. So 66% of respondents who believe in ghosts also believe in an afterlife. Okay. So that means (laughs) (laughs) that there's a pretty large percentage of them who don't believe that ghosts actually go, like there's anywhere for them to go. They're not trapped here in any way. But hold on, hold on. Again, there's people that believe in ghosts, but don't believe in an afterlife? Afterlife, the sahusege means a location. Like okay. heaven. That That's what the word means. Uh, so that's what, and generally that's what afterlife means as well, right? Need a location, but generally eternity, heaven, uh, Valhalla, whatever, that's the afterlife. The afterlife doesn't exist on earth, or it shouldn't. That's why we have ghosts. And that's why they're so strange. Because if mm-hmm. ghosts existed here, then then there's no point for anything else. Because mm-hmm. we just we just continually exist on Earth. After we die, we're ghosts and we live on Earth. There's a location religiously. In most traditions we go somewhere else. That's what the question means, mm-hmm. and that's how it's that's how that's what the Sahusege means. The location. So that means there's a pretty large percentage of people who don't believe there's a location where people go, but they do believe in ghosts. So ghosts get trapped. But of course, there probably is a few people who's like, nah, there's no afterlife, but I do believe in ghosts. And if you ask them to, to explain it, they can't. It's just, it's just how they respond. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, so the, the rest of the numbers break down of those who believe in ghosts 15%, 15% who don't believe in an afterlife. And 19% are unsure. Hmm. So okay. those those are respondent numbers. Interesting. I thought I thought those are quite interesting. I thought the belief in ghosts and belief in afterlife number would be a little bit higher than that. That's quite high. 
but I thought it would be at least in the seventies. Yeah. But that's how it broke down. So now of those who don't believe in ghosts, 57% also don't believe in an afterlife. That number is low to me. Mm. I thought that would be up in way, way higher. Yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. They just correlate. They correlate with each other. Yeah. Right. Right. So I thought it would be up in the seventies at least, but no, it's 57%. Don't believe in an afterlife. They don't believe in ghosts. Only 57% don't believe in an afterlife. 57% of those who don't believe in ghosts. Interesting. Uh, of those who don't believe in ghosts, 16% do believe in an afterlife and 27% are unsure. Hmm. Uh, now, of those who are unsure about ghosts, 54% are also unsure about the afterlife. Uh, 24% of those who are unsure about ghosts believe in an afterlife. Mm-hmm. And 21% of those who are unsure about ghosts don't believe in an afterlife. Yeah. Again, another weird number. Yeah. These numbers broke down strange. Yeah. Really. And I, I did them three times and uh, I was like, okay. Yeah. You know, it's like, I, check, don't, I, I don't, I don't believe, I believe in green, but I don't believe in yellow. <laughs> yeah, must maybe spit out my beer. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> my microphone! It slimed me. Uh. So, and the other question I'll share from the survey—that's kind of, uh, I think, more interesting to discuss on the episode—is: Do you have a religion, or are you religious? Twenty mm-hmm. percent said yes 20.8 percent said yes 61.6 percent said no that's really interesting for korea in general but that that might be another sign i mean i even know it is 400 people Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right right. but still that the the less of importance religion plays in, in daily life here yeah, well, the government numbers, as I recall, is damn near 60%, like 56% irreligious. So, irreligious? Something like that. It's 50, it's about, it's like 55, between 55 and 60. It's not as, not 60%, but um, but I think it's 55, maybe a little bit higher, or irreligious, perhaps 54. Well, it's funny yeah. because it's, you look at these numbers, but then you get the impression out in the street sometime that mm. it's th- that 20 percent that do believe are pretty loud <laughs> oh, yes for sure <laughs> now i think another thing too and one thing to to that i should really point out is that this survey was anonymous i didn't ask anyone's name mm-hmm. the only thing really personal that i asked was their age and um i got address and only email address if they saw ghosts and they wanted to share the experience. That was it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but the only, the only questions that were required that were, that were more personal were, were was the age. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't ask anyone's name. So I don't know who said what, 
And I think when you leave, when you have a survey like this, this kind of questionnaire, and it's anonymous, people become more honest. And people who would maybe be more like, ah, I don't believe in ghosts if they're sitting around with their buddies, you know, a bunch of nonsense. If you get them on a survey and they're guaranteed that it's anonymous, then uh, they'll probably be a little bit more honest and you might see this like, oh, no, yeah, I don't know. Maybe ghosts can be real. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Or people just say, yes, yeah, no, I do. I'm just afraid to say it. Mm-hmm. So I think that's possible as well. So, uh, so yes. And then the third part of that. So again, yes. So are you religious? Do you have a religion? Yes. 20.8%. No, 61.6%. And yes, but don't attend services regularly. 17.6%. percent Mm-hmm. So, of those who believe in ghosts, 37% are religious. Of those who believe in ghosts, 44% are not religious. That surprised me. That is a shocking number. And I think that that just backs up what I was just saying. I think people are being a little bit more honest when when they're being uh, anonymous. Uh, And of those who believe in ghosts, 19% are religious, but don't attend services regularly. Hmm. Um, So, and then the final breakdown of numbers there. So of those who don't believe in ghosts, 10% are religious. Of those who don't believe in ghosts, 71% are not religious. And of those who don't believe in ghosts, 19% are religious, but don't attend services regularly. Okay. So now that 10%, the 10% of the people who don't believe in ghosts who are religious, mm-hmm. that reminds me when I was breaking down the numbers, it, it reminded me, again, I was talking about St. Augustine. I said I was going to speak about him a bit later um, uh, in, in the episode. So considering that the majority of religious respondents claimed a Christian church. Now, some of them were Buddhist because I, I, I asked them to, if they're religious to write down their religion as well. The, the vast majority were Protestants mm-hmm. and um, uh, since most people, most respondents claimed a Christian church. So that number 10% makes me think of Augustine's rejection of ghosts. So he has a treatise called On the Care to be Taken for the Dead. And this was in response to Paulinus wondering if there was any actual merit to departed souls in burying the dead near the tombs of saints. So this was asked to Augustine and he responded saying that there wasn't, there's no merit and it didn't matter where the dead were buried. And even he went as far as far to say is that it didn't matter if the dead were buried at all. Because he believed that the whole, the whole point of Christianity is that when you die, if you are faithful, you will, you'll be risen up on judgment day. So where you were buried didn't matter. Um, and this was huge at the time. You know, this was in the fifth century. So this was, mm-hmm. hu- this was huge. Uh, he was, he was flying in the face of, uh, of uh, tradition uh, at, at the time. So, um, 
But with that, he also denied that the dead can communicate with the living, specifically through dreams, which was a big thing at the time. People believed if they had dreams of the dead, they, it was the spirit of the dead communicating with the living. Mm-hmm. And Jerry Garcia. Yeah, <laughs> right. So, and uh, he deemed the whole, the whole idea of ghosts unchristian. Yeah, I've uh, heard that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've heard it as well. Yeah, people say that there's no ghosts. They're actually demons tricking people. Yeah. Or different people that say more like evangelical uh, leaning uh, churches will make that kind of statement. There's no such thing as ghosts. They're actually just demons in disguise, disguising themselves as your loved ones and things like demons that to trick in you. Disguise. <laughs> dun, dun, yeah. Dun, dun, dun. yeah. <laughs> um, but then that's countered by a story of St. Patrick who was said to be able to communicate with the dead. And he does, he communicates with a pagan, a dead pagan. Uh Um, The story goes that uh, Patrick, St. Patrick would never pass by a cross while traveling uh, without stopping to pray in front of it. Even if it was well off of the road, he would stop his, his, his carriage, get out, walk off the road to the cross and pray. Mm-hmm. And uh, he arrived at a at a village one evening, and someone in the village mentioned to him, "Did you see the great cross that's at the top of the road?" And he's like, "No, what? What cross?" They said, "Yeah, it's just at the top of the road. You must have missed it." So he he went straight back. He went and he went to the cross and he prayed, and then he said, "Who is buried here?" And the ghost responded, the 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 dead, the corpse responded, saying, "It's a, he's a pagan." Hmm. Patrick was like, that's why I didn't notice it because you're not a Christian. This is not a Christian grave. Why do you have a cross in your grave? And the, and the corpse replied that he was a pagan and he died and he died. He was buried where he died. And there happened to be a mother in a far off village whose son also died in that area. And she came and in her grief, she mistook the grave of the pagan for the grave of her son. Mm. So she rose a cross on it and then she left. And then Patrick uh, removes the cross and then finds the grave of the, of the, of the good, of the good Catholic boy mm. and, and written rose the, 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 uh, the cross there. And the pagan so St. Like, Augustine, you pagan, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, St. Augustine and St. Patrick's uh, views uh, being very different in that regard. And of course, St. Patrick's skewing far more to folklore than, than St. Augustine, Mm -hmm. which is, he's far more historic. So, Mm -hmm. and that's it. That's the breakdown of, of my survey, modern uh, beliefs and ghosts in modern Korea. So T.R., TLDL, do Koreans believe in ghosts? Do Koreans believe in ghosts? Just sum it up. Do they? Well, <laughs> it was the da- the data would suggest that at least thirty eight percent of them do. Yeah, um, I'm just saying. Generally, I think if if the the larger now, I I was watching as the sample sizes were were sample size was growing, and the numbers didn't really change. One once I it got to about 36 to 38 percent 
the numbers between yes and no didn't change very much. Mm. Uh, the unsure numbers started to go up a little bit more towards the end. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, the, uh, but generally, yeah, those numbers didn't change. So I was pretty satisfied like between 250 and say like 320 uh, respondents, 350 mm-hmm. respondents that the numbers didn't change. Mm-hmm. So anyway, and a couple of the other things too, I asked like was education. And um, I asked, um, I asked, like I said, that specifically the relig- religion and the education uh, more than just over 50% of the respondents have a four-year degree. Uh, the next number is 16.6% of respondents uh, have a higher, more than a four-year master's or a, or a PhD. Mm. Now, I don't have the numbers here to break down what PhD said, what they believed. I'll save that for another time. Okay. We'll return to the podcast after this message. Take a walk down the dark alleys of the Forgotten 600 Year History, Bloody Massacres, TV Hideaways, and Morning Ghosts. Come face to face with souls' deepest, darkest secrets. What lies under the concrete? Or who? The dark side of Soul Ghost Walk. Look now, if you dare. Um. All right, we're wrapping this up. Did Did you have any movies you wanted? You wanted to I suggest do. some of my favorite movies. Some of my favorite ghost movies. I'll run through the list real quick. These are some of my favorite movies that are related to ghosts. Uh, the Devil's Backbone, Guillermo del Toro, my favorite living director. Love that film. The whole basis of that film is what is a ghost. Uh, uh, watch it. It's, it's excellent. Very very good. Uh, the Innocence classic. Um, oh, I, I put it. I, put I have that one. Wrong. Oh, The Innocence? I haven't gotten yeah. around to watching it yet, but I have it. Excellent. Yeah, excellent. Uh, the Haunting, another classic. Mm. Definitely everyone should watch that. The Others, excellent film. Um, Nicole Kidman, 2001, yep. maybe? 2011. Wasn't it? Oh, no, 2001? No, no. Okay. 2001, yeah. 2001, 2002, maybe. Um. The Changeling, and I mentioned that in our fire episode. Ah, a, that was a good one. Yeah, it has a great fire at the end of that of that film. This is pretty pretty important to the to the. Does this one George C. Scott, right? That's right. Yeah, oh, that was yeah. so good. Great film, excellent. Uh, Stir of Echoes. Ah, excellent Kevin Bacon movie. Uh, seems to be kind of forgotten. Um, I don't but, that one. Uh, oh, it's really good. It's really good. I think it's from 99. Um, it's um, um, it's based on the novel by Richard Matheson uh, of the same title. It's also called Stir of Echoes. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, everyone will know, if everyone's sure, they'll know Richard Matheson from, um, from um, uh, uh, I Am Legend. He wrote I Am Legend. Ah. Um, which, you know, was... It was the film I Am Legend, uh, The Omega Man, and also The Last Man on Earth, three three adaptations. The best one is The Last Man on Earth. Um, so, and he also wrote Legend of, or he he did Hell House, but but then, then that was Legend of Hell House, which is also kind of a ghost film as well. So, good stuff. Um, a ta- for Korean movies, A Tale of Two Sisters, 
Yep. Excellent. Classic modern Korean horror film. Uh, I think I still think that was probably the first screen horror film I saw. I think. Hmm. Another one, Whispering Corridors. Excellent. Uh, and also Memento Mori, the second one. Excellent. Great, great ghost stories. Uh, the Woman in Black. Now, the Woman in Black. Yeah, class, the classic story, classic British horror. Um, you can see the the one several years ago with what's his name? Harry Potter. What's his name? Oh, um, yeah. The actor. Oh my this God. Is, this Don't is, this is where our listeners are yelling at, <laughs> yelling out, yelling out the answer. Sorry. We can't hear you. <laughs> we can't hear you. Angel. <laughs> uh, whatever. Anyway, he's in it. That was like one of his, maybe one of his, uh, his earliest roles outside of Harry Potter. Daniel Radcliffe. Daniel Radcliffe. That's it. It's a good movie. I really enjoy it. Second one is absolute trash, tripe, mm-hmm. awful, terrible film. But the first one is good fun. Good classic uh, hammer horror movie. Uh, great stuff. Or you can watch the TV movie from, I think it's the late 80, 89. I think it is. I think I'm wrong on the date. But if you, if you search... The Woman in Black TV movie, you'll find it. That is, that's also excellent. Very, very well done. And one more, uh, Kwaiden, classic Japanese anthology, horror anthology film. A couple of uh, ghost stories in there. Especially cool. the, the, especially the, wo- the Woman of the Snow. Classic, classic film. Woman classic. of the Snow. Yeah, that's a great part of that, that movie, Kwaiden. Hmm. All right. Well, thank you for those movie suggestions and all this research you've done, Sean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was fun. It's partially funded by our top tier patrons. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, as <laughs> supported by listeners like you. Thinking of a segue. I, well, I do want to thank our top tier patrons uh, from Patreon, uh, which you can, if you want to be a patron, you can join us at Patreon dot com slash dark side of soul uh our top tier patrons are angel earl joe bonamini jamie staley sharon cullen and devin hifner hifner oh saying it like darth vader ah I, I knew i'd throw a star wars in here somewhere that's right we star didn't get wars a star wars reference in. just in like devin hifner <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for supporting us. Um, that's it. We're not. We're not. We're not really calling out for supernatural experiences. We just. We already oh, just did this. That was it. Yeah. That no, was it. Has anyone has them? Someone. Someone just sent us a new one. Oh wow! I got a. I'm gonna. Uh, I'm. I'm. I. I meant to write. I meant to put a thank you note to her there. Yeah, we got. Um, I do want to read her name, just quickly. Um while we're here a uh, g-sun yes right 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 so g-sun actually we mentioned her eg-sun we we talked uh we mentioned a, a quote or a message that she sent us a while ago mm-hmm. she also got in touch uh with some interesting information so we are looking for more if you have if you've had an experience in korea yeah send it send it our way all right well thank you everyone for listening until 10 until Next Until 10 time. o'clock. <laughs> Until next time, stay spooky. Good night.
Ha, 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 ha.